We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Beamish and Finley, 11 a.m., 106.7 The Fan. A lot going on in Indiana and points north, south, east, west. Couldn't connect while I was out there, so we got Nikki Jabala live from Indianapolis on the phone right now. Nikki Jabala covers the Commanders, does an incredible job for the Washington Post, joins us now on the BetQL guest line. Nick, what up? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? You're a fan tablet. Your plan last night was to get some sleep. Did you get any sleep? Um, that plan sort of fell through. Um, I will try again tonight. (laughs) Godspeed. Um, Brian, actually, you'll believe this because you knew I wasn't feeling well. I have never gotten more rest in the city of Indianapolis than I did the last few nights. You probably needed that. Dude, I, I, it was the most behaved I may have ever been on a football road. He's showing his age now, Nick. Nick. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Um, (laughs) Nicky, there's so much to talk about. And I, I kind of let you run the show here in a way because I want to talk. I want to talk all your reporting on the sale. Obviously, this NFLPA thing has kind of bubbled to the surface, and then there is, God forbid, a little bit of actual football to talk about. Um, let, let's start with the sale and everything you guys have reported, and, and kind of where you think things are. Yeah, I mean, I. I think they're in the thick of a process but in terms of you know really bringing in bidders and and all that but yeah what we've reported is that you know it's gotten it's started to get pretty messy honestly um you know we we were told that dan snyder requested that the owners indemnify him um for all the legal costs he's incurring um with the ongoing investigations and whatnot the owners have um, obviously push back on that, and there seems to be more motivation to, you know, possibly vote him out if he, you know, persists with this. I mean, I, I say that always with a, a grain of salt where, you know, some say that and believe that, but would they ultimately do it? I think that's, you know, always a we'll see type thing. Um, but, yeah, there's there's obviously tension there. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it kind of plays out, but there's – there's so much noise with all this and to be expected, I suppose. But, um, you know, a lot of reports from every which side and some true, some not. But, you know, there is a lot of noise everywhere about what's going on internally and where this may lead and who Dan might actually sell to if he sells the team. Could he keep the team? Could he not keep the team, et cetera? So, um I feel like right now it's all about just kind of sifting through all that and, and determining what's real and what's not. So the owners, if they were to vote him out, that team could be sold to whoever they decide at that point, right? Yeah, they could take it over. They could they would sell it themselves, essentially. Okay. It's but he, what I understand, he will still get the money for it, in a sense. I, I, I've also heard that the vote can happen that then forces him to sell within X time frame, and he's yeah. still – like, the, yeah, they like cannot seize days. his property. They could just force right. the sale. Mm. Right. I think it's like 120 days. Okay. Um, 
Well, Nick, I couldn't help but notice that you guys had the story, and if I get my days mixed up, just correct me, but you guys had the story, I think, Sunday, or maybe it's Monday, Monday, you guys had the indemnity story, and Brian and I reacted to that on air. It's like, oh, you know, the guy wants protection. That's kind of weird, but everything with him is kind of weird. And then (laughs) the next day, ESPN comes out with a story about the personal secret $55 million line of credit, and it's like, well, that's what he probably wants indemnity for. Yeah. It all kind of adds up. Right. Uh, what did you make of, of, of the ESPN report kind of coinciding with, with what you guys had and, and where that may go next? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it was great reporting by Donovan. Uh, he always does an incredible job. Um, to be able to get, you know, that that 61-page document is pretty remarkable. And, yeah, I, I you know, that's there's a lot of – legal implications there and you know what's kind of interesting to me is maybe more of a reflection on you know broader society really is that you know it's you think of oh you know he could he could really face prison time for bank fraud but you know other allegations haven't come close to you know making people feel like oh it's really heating up you know like and there have been some pretty damning allegations that have come out um but yeah i mean that that is I mean, those are some massive allegations. I mean, yeah. alleging bank fraud, it could be, you know, I thought Michael McCann actually had a really good piece kind of explaining how the legal process could play out from here and sort of the implications for both sides. You know, the league, um, Dan Snyder, the sort of leverage he may still have over the league and um, how he could use that. I thought he really did a really nice job of, of laying that out. And he does still have leverage over the team, uh, over the league, rather, Um with some of these allegations if the league did in fact sort of um, did approve this loan and, and play a part of it. So um, yeah, I, I thought the allegations that he laid out with this, this credit line that he took, that he took out without the approval of his other minority partners at the time, um, yeah, it's, that could ultimately be the smoking gun, right? And anytime you mess with other owners' money, it's going to be trouble. Well, yeah. And one of my thoughts all along with this is, you know, the, the allegations brought forth by Jason Friedman at the congressional roundtable, um, while they were damning, in the scope of NFL money, they were kind of pocket change, right? It was like, oh, well, they kept $5 million of security deposits over 15 years, and that is wrong and, and should be atoned for, but for a multi-billion dollar organization, that's not a big deal, but all of a sudden... It, $55 million is enough to get your attention, and especially if it was obtained, whether you could, whether you could def- definitively say it was illegally or just certainly shady, and now the mm-hmm. FBI is involved, it seems like mm-hmm. a very, very different situation. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a criminal investigation, so... Not great. <laughs> no, not at all. Not great. Uh, we are talking with our friend Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. You can follow her at Nikki Javala. I'm going to spell it for you. N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. Um, before we get to the, the survey that has kind of turned everything upside down in the last 24 hours, let's talk a little bit of football. You and I were there talking to Ron. You and I were there talking to Martin Mayhew. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's start with the Howell discussion because – I really think it's going to be Howell, and they, there will be a veteran, but they're going to yeah. – Howell's going to get every opportunity to be the starting quarterback when we get to September. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I totally agree, and this is what they said all along, you know, that he's going into the offseason 
season as a projected starter. He's going to have to earn the job. There will be competition. They plan to bring in a veteran. I mean, they they're not as of now like not looking at any of the high price veterans that could be available. You know, Derek Carr. You know, but a, a, a possible trade for Aaron Rodgers. They're not looking at that. Um, they're looking at you know a, a veteran that can mentor him, sort of backup, be a backup to him, and, and kind of push him along. Um, I mean, I don't. I still don't understand why they don't just sign Taylor Heineke now. It could be more that Taylor wants to explore his options. But to me, he's the ideal candidate. He knows the team. He knows Sam. He respects Sam. He's gone on record saying, you know, obviously I'd like to start, but I'm happy to be a backup. And, you know, he's, he's that's the second most important position on the field, in my opinion. But, yeah, I agree with you. As you know, it all, it all, all signs point, to, point towards Sam Howell, especially with them having this 16th pick. You know, they're kind of in no man's land. They're not going to give up a haul to trade up, I don't think, anyway, into the top five to get a quarterback. Um, and there's there's just not many options on the veteran market, unless you're talking about kind of that second-tier backup type. Question, though, if they're, if he's going to be the starting quarterback, okay, why are they so concerned with the way they say something they want to play games now? Well, we, we just say he's QB1. We didn't say he's a starter. You know, all right. those different things makes me think that, you know what, based off of the fact that at the end of the season, Ron was so concerned about saying stuff that will give away what they're trying to do, that they're trying to play a game and they're still going to try to see somebody else. And who knows, if somebody come in and compete against him, they might beat him. Well, Nikki, yeah. can I ask you something to that point? I think because Ron talks so frequently, I was actually a little more interested in what Martin said about mm-hmm. Howell yesterday when he said, we're going to give him every chance to be the starter. That doesn't guarantee he's the starter, but he's got a really good right. opportunity. And, and I think right. that's the most accurate thing I've heard. Right, right. And that's I think that's what Ron has been trying to say is that, you know, we're going to give him every chance. We're not guaranteeing it. You know, he has to win it. If he gets beat out, he gets beat out. Um, they're still going to look at other options. It's so early in the process right now. I mean, the draft isn't until late April. Free agent doesn't start for another couple of weeks. Um so they they could go in a different route. I mean, I think everybody, I think they threw everybody when they, you know, took Carson Wentz as early as they did, mm-hmm. and the way that played out was just kind of mind-boggling. But Awful. you know, they, they can they can go in a different route at any point. But as of now, I mean, the reality is he's the only quarterback on the books for 2023. <laughs> right. So, I mean, semantic society, yeah, he's a projected starter because he's the only one they have. <laughs> Do you? Um... You, you mentioned thinking Heineke's ideal there. I think Heineke mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. But in the back of my mind, I think about the fans chanting for Heineke as soon as Wentz messed up in the Cleveland game, week 17, which didn't take long. And it was, you know, certainly in hindsight, it was the wrong call to go to Wentz. Do you think the fans would be more understanding of Howell if this thing starts slow because he's a young player and you want to develop a guy? Or do you think Heineke, with his kind of cult hero status, presents its own quirks and and and, and perhaps yeah. pitfalls? Maybe, but I don't think any fan base is ever going to be patient with a quarterback, and I think they're always going to think the next guy up is the savior. You know, whether that's Heineke or another backup. You know, what's on the other side of the you know the next door looks always looks sure. you know rosier. Um, and I think I mean it's it's I think that's everywhere. You know, there's there's just a an impatience in the league anymore, especially with young quarterbacks. You don't even get. I mean, I you you look back to guys like 
like in the Elway era. I mean, nobody really remembers that he had like a craptastic first year. And then like, imagine if they had just given up on him after the first season. But you see that so often anymore. Is you know, well, hell, young wasn't it young before players? Shanahan got the job? Elway had or Dan Reeves had Elway splitting reps with somebody at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just hmm. it's it's, I mean, it's just crazy. like a different. I mean, and Patrick Mahomes, people forget that he sat for a year behind Alex Smith, and like, it's just such a different time. I feel like where there's just this increased urgency to find that superstar, to find the next Pat Mahomes. That you know, you're not going to get that patience, fair or not. Um, so whoever's behind him is always going to be viewed as, you know, if he, he can't do it, surely this guy can. He's got to be better than what we have. Question for, forgive me here, Nikki. Question for the boys in the fishbowl. Then, if it. Landfill, let's say they sign, because let's be real about the dollars that we think they're going to spend. It's going to be light. Like, I, I don't even think they yeah. could make a run at Andy Dalton or Baker Mayfield. I think you're talking yeah. about Bridgewater, Mariota, you know, like that right. category. Yeah. Yeah. Je- Jeff, you're a huge Commanders fan. If if the backup is Teddy Bridgewater and Howell's struggling, would, would you start yelling for Bridgewater? No. As I stated yesterday, bro. I if Howe starts struggling in the middle of the season, I want him to play through it. I want him to play out to so we can really see if he is the guy or not. Thank you, sir. Landfill, save that audio for when we get to like week nine and Jeff's screaming about whoever the backup quarterback is. Um all right, we're speaking with our friend Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Nikki, let me uh let me switch to this survey that we saw yesterday from the NFL PA. I think it's really important to point out that this is not a media survey. This is NFL players. Players, yes. Um, this is not media piling on. This is not us criticizing the team. This mm-hmm. is players, and it's players from yes. the team. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna toot your horn for you because you won't do it. Nikki has worked multiple markets. She worked at Denver for a long time. Nikki, I believe, is the vice president of the Pro Football Writers of America. Uh, Nikki is in tune with the league, league wide, probably on a scale far greater than me. Where you know I, I've covered this team for a while, and over time, coaches, players, staffers go elsewhere. And I'm, I, I, I talked to lots of folks, but you've been damn near everywhere, is my guess. What do you make of the results? What What do you make of them le- ranking last in the league in players' satisfaction? Not surprising at all. I mean, I, I you know, we all see it when we travel and go to different stadiums and see all these facilities. I mean, we. It's obvious to anybody that their facilities in Washington or in Ashburn are are not up to the league standard, um, even the average. I mean, you know, not everybody can be Dallas and have, you know, the star that Jerry built, which is to the nines. But, you know, it's just not up to the standard. I mean, the Ashburn facility was built in, what, 1992, and it's been upgraded over the years, but it's small. They have that bubble as an indoor facility, whereas a lot of teams have a, a – real structure, an indoor, like, barn-type, you know, right. facility. Um, so it's it's just not up to the usual standards. I mean, the locker room feels old, even though they've made upgrades. The, the weight room is small. The training room is small. Um, so it's not terribly surprising. I think it is worth noting that they're str- they really like the strength and conditioning stuff. I mean, they, they were tied for tops in the mm-hmm. league, but everything else is – not great. And, it, I mean, again, it, it's not surprising. We've all been to FedEx. We've been to Ashburn. We, we've seen it firsthand. Yeah, I'd say this. If they, like Ron's thing was that they've done a lot, they put a lot of money into it. If you put that much money into it and the, and the players are still saying way behind, it just shows mm-hmm. you how far you were behind. 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, you know, they've been looking for a new facility, a new site forever, and maybe after the sale, they'll finally get some clarity there. But until that happens, it's probably always going to be like this. Well, and I think even once the sale happens, the clarity of a new facility is going to take some time because you got you're going to yeah. need a whole bunch of money. Local politicians got to get involved. Possibly federal politicians got to get involved. I, I don't think. I do think the sale is coming soon, relatively soon, anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure new facilities are coming at right. near, nearly yeah, I mean, the, gonna... the, the same speed. Yeah, uh, it's going to take years. Yeah. I, a practice facility, though, if you're really trying to do this first class and you own the land, like you could make something change quick and then still also have your big change down the road. Oh, I mean, there's just even little things that they can do to improve it. I mean, like when you when you pull into the facility, all you see is this gravel lot. And the last time I was there, there's a broken down car that's missing a wheel just <laughs> sitting there in the gravel lot. And that's the first thing you see when you pull in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a free agent and you're visiting, that's your first impression of the team. I mean, that's not great. How about even when you get in the lot, just yeah. resurface the concrete or the asphalt? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They still have players' numbers. So at some point, they decided to paint. Players from many years they ago. They decided to paint players' numbers on specific parking spots. And when the player's off the team, that number should be gone. I think, I think right. like, Clinton Port. I mean, we're talking. Still there. My, I think Chris Cooley's number is painted on a parking spot. <laughs> Cooley hasn't played in 15 years, I don't think. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, yeah. Last thing, league-wide, what would you say is the biggest combine story? Biggest combine story. Um, I still think diversity is a huge issue. I know there was a meeting with Goodell and agents um, and some owners, executives, um, just about on diversity among the coaching and executive ranks. I think that's big. Um, I I think Dan Snyder and the whole situation in Washington certainly has been a big storyline just with, you know, the stories that have come out, obviously. Rule changes, competition committee always meets here, um, so there's some momentum there, but that'll culminate at owners' meetings. Um, And then certainly Jalen Carter and everything that's going on there with him and his legal situation. Um, But I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything major. The only thing I would add is Lamar. It seems like the Lamar conversation is is looming over everything. Yes, Mm -hmm. Yes. I agree there. After there's like Lamar at the top, and then it's Rodgers, Derek Carr, whatever right. else, but Lamar right. is, is by far of actual on-field impact. And, and I have a question, and I don't think any of us know the answer. If they franchise Lamar, are you playing on the tag? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I don't know the answer, but I think it's I think it's something that needs to be figured out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know the answer either. I don't know. Nikki, thank you. How much longer are you out there? I'm out here till Saturday. Almost the better end. Pray for me. That's a lot of of steak and and hot cocktail sauce. Good luck. Yes. Hopefully (laughs) I make it back alive. All right. You'll be good. Enjoy. You're a grinder. You got this. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, guys. That's our friend Nikki Jabvala from the Washington Post. You can give her a follow at Nikki Jabvala. When we come back, I want to talk biggest combine stories. Also want to get into some specifics I can provide about the NFLPA survey. Don't go anywhere. It's we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So one thing that's going on right now is Christian Gonzalez, Oregon cornerback, is speaking to the media right now. I spoke with a scout yesterday that thinks, um, and I mean, this is all going to be up for interpretation, right? Like, who knows who lands where? But depending where you think he is as a prospect, uh, I spoke to somebody yesterday that believes he'll be the number one cornerback prospect before the end of the week. He who thinks is? Christian Gonzalez, Oregon corner. He thinks he's going <laughs> to I talked to a scout yesterday that says, watch, that kid's going to run sub 4-4. And he's going to high jump 40 inches. And he's going to leap. I asked specifically, you think he gets to 16? He said, no way. So, who knows? I know who might be at 16. Who's that? Joey Porter Jr. Sure. Jahan Johnson Johnson sure would like it, man. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, but I'm not really saying anything. I mean, a lot of folks are saying he's already emerged as the top corner. Um, and he could go top 10, so that's not really like a secret. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it, there's a lot of interest in what he's going to run. So if he's there today, he's probably running tomorrow night. Um, you better run it. When those corners run, too, man. Once you put it out there, you better go hit it. Because uh, sub 4-4 four is, is good. But oh, oh, my. Give me a sub 4-3. Um, some of that type of thing. So – Nikki mentioned four things. I had three things on my list, but we'll go with all four. What do you think the biggest story right now? And we could say at the combine, but we can also make it across the league, frankly, because the combine is the league. That's just the league happens to be in Indiana right now. I think what's going to happen with Lamar's first. I do too, because I, I, I think for to start with, you've got a former MVP possibly becoming a free agent, which is just massive. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal when Kirk Cousins became a free agent, let alone Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I'm not taking a shot at Kirk, but Kirk's a good quarterback. Lamar has shown he's an MVP level. Not an MVP level. He's an MVP winner. Yeah. I don't think he gets the free agency, but we're – I mean, the, the franchise tag deadline's in five days. Yeah, we'll put see it what happens with that. So, not only do you have the specter of Lamar becoming a free agent – you have the possibility of what would now be a second, possibly third. Kirk got a fully guaranteed deal, but that was, I'd say, circumstantial. Deshaun Watson was able to force Cleveland to give him one because that's the only way he was going to go to Cleveland. Yeah. If you get another quarterback on a fully guaranteed deal, it feels like the fully guaranteed deals are going the to time start. Will be changing. It, it feels like that, right? I, I and, believe, and I think quarterback might be the only position that could get it, but you never know. And I, and I, I believe the quarterback is the only position that can really get it. Um, Aaron Donald semi got it. Right. But I think ultimately if the quarterback stuck together and they were going to go that route, I think it will happen in a matter of time. Well, and – I feel like this is worth pointing out when you have the guaranteed contract discussion with Lamar. He's missed 10 games in the last two years. Uh-huh. So if you're the team and uh, Lamar's incredible, 
listed at 6'2", 210. He doesn't, he tends to not take the big shots. And he has proven he can beat teams with his arm. That, mm-hmm. That's happened. But he's still one of the most incredible runners of the football we've seen in the NFL, yeah. period, let alone at the quarterback position. Do you want a fully guaranteed deal for a quarterback that runs? I mean, the whole thing about it, let's just bring it down to this. It, it comes down to the possibilities of what the guy is capable of. And I think you can't justify, oh, if you're a runner, I can't give it to you if you're a passer. It's football, man. And, and uh, the quarterbacks are the look, the league promotes their league by quarterbacks. They get extra airtime and they use those guys to promote this league over and over again. If anybody's going to get it, it should be them. And I don't care if they run it or pass it. But I'm telling you, all these quarterbacks about to start coming up, I would I would go do that a meeting like Tiger did with Rory and the rest of them and say, listen, we're going only guaranteed moving forward. And they'll get it easily. But one guy here, one guy there, no. But if everybody starts asking for it, they'll get it. It, it'll be hella interesting to see what happens with Lamar because it's you've got massive situation just on the football level, and then you've got this existential league-wide question of can we fully guarantee contracts in a sport as physical as the NFL. And those two are clashing in a topic that has become – Kind of radicalized, man. It's hard to have like a regular conversation about Lamar because people have taken like extreme stances on both sides. Yeah, they they, they do, but I but the thing about I think he's a great player. I think he deserves to be paid. If I was an NFL owner, I'm not sure I'd want to fully guarantee a contract. NFL owner. Uh, but the whole thing about it is let's just break this down. Everybody talk about what guarantee, bro, because the guy got hurt and this, that. When that guy leaves his game of football, he's going to still be dealing with those damn injuries. Totally. So the money that he would get, and just and it is justifiable. Because when you finish playing ball is when the bulk of your injuries start to show up. And when those things, so therefore. You see it, the Irv Cross CT You get thing? every damn thing you can while you can. And I, I believe uh, the toughest sport, football is tough as hell. People like to say hockey, but you know what? If, if hockey was tougher than football, you wouldn't play 80-something up in the damn season. Football is six, 17 games. You go to play, you play a little more. It's tough. That should be guaranteed, buddy. And the quarterbacks that you're promoting your league off of, they damn sure should be getting it. No argument. If I was a player, I'd be pushing like hell for fully guaranteed everything immediately. I just think it's a fascinating case to watch how it unfolds and, and what ends up happening. How about this? Eric DaCosta yesterday on the Ravens' problems drafting wide receivers. If I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have gotten some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. There have been some guys that have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We've never really hit on that position. Rashad Bateman, who the Ravens drafted in the first Mm -hmm. round two years ago, maybe three out of Minnesota, responded, said, how about you play to your players' strengths and stop pointing the finger at us and number eight? Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy, care about us, and see what happened. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Mm. 
Ravens situation. Seems, I just think no, but you know what? There's a lot going on up there. A, a lot of, and I've told you this before. GMs and coaches always get the they, they slide by and they blame the coaches. We the players. We go players are bust. This that and the other. How about these damn coaches that go get these guys and then they refuse to coach them, or refuse to refuse forget refuse to use their strengths and try to make them something else? You gotta wonder, uh, with the Ravens, who are they mad at? Probably Roman. I mean, because. Or is it Harbaugh? Or is it DaCosta? Is it Bashadi? I mean, they're mad at somebody. They ain't I, mad at Bashadi. Bashadi pays him and takes care of him, but they don't want to hear you trying to point out the player when you know it's other people that are doing certain stuff. Right. It's I, like, l- listen, man, it's so easy for coaches to leak information to media people and this, that, and then a narrative starts. The players are normally terrified because their money is controlled. You know, they don't have the guarantee like the coaches do. Let's think about that. We're saying we won't pay a player because they get hurt. How about the coaches that fall flat on their faces don't win no damn game, but they still guarantee their money for the rest of their contract? They get fired after two years. They get paid for four more. So where's the justification in that? So my whole thing is enough players need to just – players with power, use it. So to me, I think the Lamar story is the biggest going on right now. I think the commander sale is the second biggest. I mean, I think any actually the commander sale might be bigger than Lamar. I think any I was trying NFL, to stick with just football. Yeah. That might be bigger than Lamar. It might because it's not when the Broncos got sold, you had some estate squabbling. The the former owner tried to make this right of first refusal lawsuit that because lawsuits take time, it was kind of a nonsense. What do you what do you call like a BS lawsuit? I can't, there's a term for that, but Bogus. frivolous, frivolous. <laughs> I, I think it eventually got just thrown out, but that just takes time because lawyers are good at what they do. And then it was a they little get paid by the hour, right? Exactly. <laughs> it was a little bit interesting because it you had Walmart coming in at the last month at the last minute, but the Broncos sale was relatively straightforward. It was straightforward family squabbling. This stuff right this here, is banana. Land. It, it is gone. This went to Congress. It's gone from a lot of speculation to facts coming out to multiple reports to threats towards the league and threat and back and forth. And now it's at a point where, you know what? I want you to save me from all my all my troubles. No, I'm not doing that. So we've always stated that uh, owners would never vote out another owner. But we've never seen that somebody's going to come out and just challenge these owners in a way to where – they may have to. So that story is uh, is a Mount Rushmore. It's like Mount Everest, a tall mountain or whatever. What's the tallest mountain in the world? Everest. Everest. It's Mount Everest. This might be a – Lamar is like a nice peak. Lamar could be K2. I believe K2 is the second highest. So what would that make the Jalen Carter story? I think the Jalen Carter story specific to the combine – is the biggest combine story because these other stories are way bigger than just the combine. Yeah, Jalen Carter's story is is I think more tragic than it is as far as super serious. They because bombed this kid's combine. They bombed for two misdemeanors. They bombed this combine, but the ultimate thing is if they're misdemeanors, and this kid can play. Now this kid is now he's he's on a uh, they're gonna be watching everything he does. And I said this, everybody around him, agent, family, friends, 
Start speaking to him in a way like, man, don't make no no bad decisions. Yeah. Try to help him out. This got to be a instead wake up. of just yeah. being a person sitting there because he got he, he did what listen <laughs> he did what a lot of kids do. They get in the car, they're fast, and they do stupid stuff. Yeah, he he did stuff that kids have done before him and did when I was young. Hell, I had an accident as a sophomore in college. I mean, you were driving okay. a car when you were eleven. But I had an accident as a sophomore. You know, it's something that could have messed me up. It didn't. You know, you get chances sometimes, but he did not have an accident, but he lost two friends out of it. So he can get better. But I don't. I think if this is something where he had went out and done something like a, a major crime or something like that, it would be a problem. I think this here is going to be something that hopefully he looks back on it and say, man, I really learned from that. I, I think the Carter thing, if we're going to keep this mountain metaphor going, is you got – Lamar, the commander sale is Everest. Lamar is K2. Maybe he, the Jalen Carter thing could be. It's Bach Road. It's a Bach Road over here in Maryland. It's, it's a steep bike riding hill, but it's not no major hill. I was going to give it um, Mount Whitney. Or no, uh, Mount Mitchell, rather. is. Why well, got to be Mitchell? Well, one, you're Mitchell. But Mount Mitchell, the highest peak East of the Mississippi. It's a high mountain. It's noteworthy if you're an East Coast mountaineer. But it's, it, it ain't Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't know if it's that big, but I'll go with that. But I don't Sugarloaf know if it's... Mountain out in Poolsville? There you go. Okay. Yeah, Sugarloaf. We've agreed. Yeah. For me, being at the Combine, and maybe it was because of me, there was one question people were asking. I'll tell you what it was when we return. A little Interpol, Landini? Let it play. Dude, I just... A uh, concert at 930 Club that if I'm in town, I'm absolutely going to. Who's that? Block Party, May 27th. You ever listen to Block Party? You've heard it like when we're on the golf course. I'll play them. Their first two albums were as good as anything. And in my early 20s when I was... Out and about in the world, man, I listen to a lot of that. <laughs> um, that was. Complete. I don't let you play music on the golf course. You forgot. I mean, you generally handle the speaker, but occasionally I, I have my own cart, or or I just take over, or your phone dies or something. Um, we're talking about everything going on with the NFL Combine right now, and the Commanders are looking at a corner, and and all of these various things. Uh, Chris Russo. What the hell's his name? Chris Russell, Russell Russo, the rooster, is going to join us at noon. And I have a feeling that rooster may go off. Dude. He does that often. This is just Twitter, and you can dismiss it as just Twitter. We we often here in Washington look north to Baltimore and say, like, man, look at that well-run organization. Mm-hmm. Things I, between Lamar, the contract, Rashad Bateman just quote tweeted a Eric DaCosta comment about the lack of developing wide receivers, um, which is pretty telling because, I mean, let me be sure about this unless I somehow miss something. Bateman's still there, right? Yeah. He, now, granted, he's on IR and, and maybe he would get released or something. I'd be I, off IR. Keep talking. I, I, right. I highly <laughs> doubt it. 
But, I mean, that's a, he, they drafted him 27th overall two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Bateman just kind of unloaded on the organization. It, he concludes his tweet with, tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Capping in modern lexicon as, as a term for just. Still can't compare nothing there with anything that we've done here. Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Who is another former first round draft pick receiver of the Ravens? Who's Lamar's boy? Who they traded away? Yeah, <laughs> just who's Kyler's boy too? And just, he got hurt, right? Just quote tweeted Rashad Bateman and said, "Let him cook," which in modern lexicon means, "Yeah, you know, continue, please." So, not comparing anything with Baltimore and Washington. The those level, those incidents are nothing compared to Washington. I want to, especially before the rooster joins us, um, I want to try to shed a little positivity in the world here. B, earlier in the week, we talked to Mark Stern, our guy from Capital Hoops, mm-hmm. about Monday night was uh, Paul VI versus St. John's. The, uh, the the cat. What was that? Upset. Exactly. The, the Catholic League championship for the boys and for the girls, but um, the boys garners a ton of attention because it's, Widely considered the best league in America. Um, And when we had Mark on the program, he told us about the coach at St. John's and the medical condition he was fighting through to to get through to this season. And listen, we're going to talk plenty of football. I I think you listen to our program, you know that. But We do it a lot. I, I, I love being from this city and knowing this city and knowing what the WCAC means, even though I was never a part of it, and Lord knows I never would have made a WCAC basketball team. But this is a big deal and has been a big deal forever. I, I mean, as long as I can remember and, and long before me, right? And you've been here forever. You've been here longer than you lived in Louisiana. You mm-hmm. know what a big deal this is. Scott Van Pelt on ESPN, I thought, had a really, really touching commentary on the title game. It's difficult to explain how good WCAC athletics are to people outside of D.C. The Washington Catholic Athletic Conference is absolutely loaded in both football and basketball. Caleb Williams, Gonzaga, WCAC. The list of high-level D1 hoopers is about two miles long. This year's WCAC playoffs, as always, a showcase for both the talent and the fierce competition. Last year's champions, Paul VI, beat legendary DeMatha by a bucket to make the final against St. John's, who edged Gonzaga by just a point to get there. And that set up a final of nationally ranked top 20 teams. In that game, which was played last night, St. John's squeaked past PBI, as they are known locally, by two. That means the final three games were decided by a total of just five points. It means the world around here, and it means an absolutely heartbreaking story has an ending that feels somehow cosmically guided. St. John's is coached by Pat Behan. He played at Bucknell. He's 34 years old. In May, he was diagnosed with ALS. He told his team in early summer, and he told them, I'm still your coach. Adam Kilgore wrote an agonizing yet beautiful detail about Behan and the Washington Post in a story in August, and it takes you through the shock of the diagnosis and the fight that he joined with all of his might. Almost impossible to comprehend is the toll ALS has taken on his family. It's believed that Pat is perhaps the 10th family member to contract this vicious disease. There's a fundraiser on March 16th called Party at Pat's here in D.C. for Pat and for Matt Kirkjian, who's battling ALS as well. The event 
to be hosted by Matt's brother, our beloved colleague Tim. The hope is that something miraculous happens for the Kirkjian family, for the Behan family, for any and every family battling this relentless monster. It's impossibly cruel to think that Pat, who lost his father to ALS and his mom to cancer last fall, is enduring this. How much is the guy supposed to take? But he's not alone. Far from it. From Kilgore's column in August, Nancy Frades, whose son Pete, you might recall, was the man behind the ice bucket challenge as he battled ALS, shared this thought with Pat, quoting Nancy, open up your heart and open up your arms for all the love that is going to come to you. And it certainly has. Throughout this season in that ferocious WCAC league where beating your rival means everything, they wore t-shirts showing love and support for the guy whose team they were trying to beat. In the playoffs, nobody did. Behan, named WCAC Coach of the Year. His team beat PBI by two in a legendary game. And through tears afterwards, he said, the game of basketball is a beautiful thing. One of his star players named Donnie Freeman, who's going to be playing big-time college basketball in a couple of years, said an even more beautiful thing about Behan. I can't describe how much he means to us. This will always be remembered as the year the coach was fighting, but we fought with him. He never fought alone. In the toughest league in the country, against a team who hadn't lost in the league all year, St. John's fought and won for him. He's still their coach. Deep right there, brother. Beautiful words there. Thank you, SVP. Uh, Congratulations to St. John's and Coach Behan. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.